So this week, as we continue uh, to see how Daniel lived a life of conviction in a culture of compromise, uh, we're going to see how Daniel responds to a situation of turmoil. How Daniel responds to a situation of turmoil. And really, this, today's message is all about interpretation. It's all about interpreting the turmoil in our life. The interpretation of turmoil. You know, there's turmoil in this world. Lots of turmoil in this world. The reason why we have turmoil in this world is because there's sin in this world. And the sin causes turmoil. And when turmoil happens, we see our culture sort of freak out. They, they don't know what to do. And sometimes we get wrapped up into that. It's so easy, especially now in the days of social media. It's so easy to get wrapped up and to freak, go to freak out mode because of turmoil that's happening in our world. And we're going to see how Daniel uh, responds, uh, how, how Daniel responds to that. But how we respond to turmoil will separate us from those who may compromise their standards. How you and I respond to turmoil is what separates us from those who compromise their standards in a culture who compromises. And so uh, we want to set our, ourselves apart. So what is turmoil? Turmoil is defined as a state of great disturbance, confusion, or uncertainty. A state of great disturbance, confusion, or uncertainty. You may have, have experienced turmoil in your life. Now, I'm not talking about tragedy. That's a different thing. And I'm talking just turmoil, troubles in your life. You have probably experienced turmoil. You ever lost a job? You, you, ever, you ever been uh, evicted? You ever had someone that you thought was the love of your life break up with you? You ever, uh, you ever had uh, a, a bad health diagnosis? We have experienced turmoil in your life. And there's all kinds of examples. So think about in your life when you may have experienced turmoil. And there's probably going to be more seasons of turmoil in your life and in my life um, as well. But how we respond to turmoil is what sets us apart. So it's all about the interpretation of turmoil and how uh, Daniel was able to show us and give us a pattern and example of interpreting that turmoil. So we last saw Daniel. Daniel was about, many biblical scholars believe he was about 14 or 15 years old. And so he and his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which we're going to hear about them next week, these, these four guys were, were, were very close very close teenagers, and I love that. I love that, that they didn't try to do things on their own. Now, there were other Jewish boys. It wasn't just four of them. There were other Jewish boys who were part of this group of training. They were almost like Jedi training, you know, but they were more wise men training. So they, they were in this three-year program uh, to be wise men, okay? So these, these, uh, these, three, these four teenagers were being trained, and after the training was over, after about three years, is where we find Daniel. All of these, um, all of these, uh, these things were going right for him. He was, uh, we don't have any record that things are going wrong, and he, he evidently was learning the culture, but not being defiled by it. He was learning the government, but not being defiled by it. 
Uh, he was reading the literature, but not being defiled by it. And you can know that because of the rest of the book of Daniel. He did not allow those impurities in, your li- in his life. And so three years after chapter 1 is where we are in chapter 2. So Daniel is about 17 or 18 years old. He's about to graduate from high school. Graduate from Wiseman School. And so everything was going well until King Nebuchadnezzar started having dreams, bad dreams, nightmares, spooky dreams. Dreams, it's like, okay, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And, um, and King Nebuchadnezzar was in turmoil over these dreams. So in the middle of the night, um, King Nebuchadnezzar calls the, calls the wise men together. And when I say wise men, we're talking about a big group of, of, of wise men. We're talking about astrologers, you know, and, uh, and magicians, and just general wise men, just, just people who are, who are in leadership role under the, uh, under the king and uh, over the, the nation of Babylon. And so he called them his most trusted advisors. He didn't call all of them. He called the, the, the chief groups of these, and, and, he, and he woke them up, and he says, I have got this issue. I've got these dreams. And so they asked, uh, so the king said, look, I need you to interpret these dreams. I need an interpretation of what's going on because they're freaking me out. So the wise men, they asked the king to tell them his dream so they might interpret it. So let's look what it says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. So Daniel chapter 2, verse 5 through 6, here is how the king responded. Now he's responding to the wise men's request to, um, to hear the dream. So, king, we would love to interpret the dream, but could you tell us what the dream is? So this is what the king says. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Um, that's impossible. Can you imagine the faces of, of the wise men? They're like, King, um, are you serious? Maybe you're half asleep. Maybe you should go back to bed. Maybe we should talk in this in the morning. Let's have some breakfast, you know, get you some coffee, and let's talk about this. What, what do you mean us tell you the dream? So check out their response in verse 10 and 11. It says this, the astrologers answered the king, <clears throat> clearing their throat, there, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. So they think. So these wise men are telling the king, we, we've never heard any king on earth ask such a task, such a large task. 
Interpret dreams? Yeah, we got that. We've got our, our tools, we've got our incantations or whatever we use for that. You know, are the stars. We look at the stars to kind of see, oh, maybe, maybe the king is dreaming about this and maybe it's interpreted like this. But to tell you what you dreamed about and to interpret it, there's no way. So King Nebuchadnezzar then is mad about their response. So he is about to unleash massive turmoil. Massive turmoil as we see in verse 12 through 13. It says this, this made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Now you gotta understand this. This same group of wise men this same community of wise men, this is the same community of wise men. Now, obviously, these guys in this story eventually, you know, pass on as well, you know, in life. And I mean, they don't get executed, thank God. But this same group of wise men, this community is the same group of wise men that traveled from that same area to a little town of Bethlehem to give gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the newborn king of kings, Jesus. Same group, community. And the king was about to annihilate them all. Annihilate them all. Several hundred years before, obviously, Jesus was born. And so the king was furious. So how does Daniel and his friends respond to this? How does Daniel respond? It's really interesting. The, the other wise men, the other wise men tried to interpret a dream, and you'll see here in just a minute, while Daniel tried to interpret the turmoil. This is, there's a big difference. The other wise men were focused on trying to interpret the dream, figure out what the dream was, and interpret it. While Daniel, we'll see in a second, he was interpreting the turmoil, the situation. Now, that is key for you and I as we get into today's message. To learn how to interpret the turmoil in your life. So what does Daniel do? How does Daniel respond? In verse 14 and 15. It says this, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, he probably looks like a guy like, you know, John Cena, or, you know, and just, you know, maybe he's, I mean, he's buffed and he's got swords and he's got lots of uh, torture chambers. But the king's guard had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon. King says, all right, kill them all, go. So he's going out to put to death Wise men. So Daniel, who is about 17 or 18 years old, uh, he's one of them. And so Daniel spoke to him, to Arioch, the commander of the king's guard. He spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a hard de decree? Arioch then explained the matter to 
Daniel. So Daniel, in this situation, is very calm. Imagine most 17, 18 years old, when I was 17 or 18 years old, if someone came to me and says, hey, um, I'm about to kill you. I'm about to execute you, really for no reason. I would be like, I'd freak out. Like, are you kidding me? I, I, you know, I would run, I'd try to defend myself. I mean, it would not be good. But Daniel responded with calm, with wisdom and tact. So he remained calm even in this turmoil that was surrounding him and the other wise men. So what do we learn from that? When you have turmoil in your life, first thing, just be calm. Just be calm. Now I'm talking about turmoil. I'm not, I'm not talking about tragedy. I know when tragedy strikes, you know, emotions overflow and, and that's, a, that's a different kind of response. But, but turmoil, troubles, heavy troubles, despair in your life, First thing we need to do is we need just, just to be calm. Just to remain calm through this. And when you and I are faced with turmoil in our life, this passage gives us the very first step. Um, so a person of conviction who walks with God understands that there's a bigger picture being painted here. A person who walks with conviction in the world, a person who walks with God, understands that the turmoil is there because of a bigger picture. Let me give you some examples. You lost your job. That can cause turmoil in your life. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Just remain calm. Remain calm. You you wanna buy a house and you've been denied the loan for whatever reason, and, and that could be turmoil in your life because, you know, you, you really need to get out of your other situation and you're trying to, you're just trying to move up to the next level, just trying to get ahead a little bit and it's turmoil in life. Don't freak out because people who walk with God know that the turmoil is there for a bigger picture, a bigger purpose, a bigger reason. Just remain calm. But my boyfriend broke up with me. But my girlfriend broke up with me. She or he was going to be the love of my life. You know, we dated for these long three months, and I thought they were the one. We broke up. Oh, turmoil. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Just remain calm. Just remain calm. God has a better plan. There's a reason why your boyfriend broke up with you. There's a reason why your girlfriend broke up with you. There's a reason why you lost your job. There's a reason why you didn't get that house loan. Or whatever the situation is, you plug in the example that that you have experienced or the one that can kind of fit your life. You probably have your own example. But, But don't freak out. Because if you walk with God, you know, all right, uh, we're gonna get through this. Because I know the one who's in charge. And so did Daniel. Daniel wasn't worried about the dream. He wasn't concerned about the dream. He was more trying to interpret the turmoil, interpret the situation. So number one, remain calm. Just remain calm. What else did Daniel do? It's found in uh, verse 16. 
So at this, after he talked to Arioch about this and, and was calm with wisdom intact, verse 16, at this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. So he went to the, to the king. So not only was Daniel, age 17, 18, calm, but he showed no fear. Who issued that decree of death? King Nebuchadnezzar. Instead of Daniel running away, he went right to the source of the decree of death. He showed no fear. He showed no fear. 17, 18 year old, went to the most powerful ruler of the, of the known world, went to the king. He showed no fear in facing his death sentence by the king. Instead of hiding or walking away, Daniel made a beeline straight to the king. So what can we learn from this? To better interpret the turmoil in your life, don't hide from it. Don't hide from it. Don't try to escape it. You could be in a marriage situation. There could be turmoil in your marriage. It's easy for turmoil to come into a relationship like a marriage. If you haven't had turmoil in your life, in your marriage, then be ready. It's probably going to come. But we have turmoil. Say this example in a marriage. And I know not everybody's married in this room. But you can relate with other relationships. And so if you have turmoil in your marriage, don't try to run away from it. Don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't not talk about it. Go to a counselor. Talk to your spouse. Get it out in the open. And don't be afraid. Show no fear. There's turmoil in your marriage. If there is, don't run away from it. Go right straight to it. There may be another relationship in your life. Could be turmoil between you, maybe another family member or a close friend. That turmoil in your life, it's almost eating up at you like a cancer. Some of you may be here and you know that person's face right now. Maybe they're on the screen in your head, that, that big giant screen, and you're like, man, they're still there. Why? Because you have unresolved issues with them. So stop running away. Stop ignoring them. Friend them again on Facebook. Call them. Say hello. When you see them at the store, don't switch aisles and go to the milk aisle. Talk to them. Talk to them. Face it out in the open. You know, make an appointment to have coffee with them. Whatever it takes. So show no fear is what Daniel is trying to tell you. So Daniel was calm. He showed no fear. What else did, did, uh, did Daniel show us? In verse 17 and 19, it says this. 
that Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision that Daniel praised the God of heaven. So what does this say? The third thing we can learn when facing turmoil in your life, don't go solo. Don't go solo. Don't do it. Don't try to face your turmoils on your own. I know that's hard. We don't like other people getting in their business. All right? Just, you know, I don't want you all, all up into this. But guess what? If you want turmoil to, to be gone in your life in whatever situation you face, bring other people in. Invite other people in. Invite people you trust like Daniel did, his other three best friends, his other Jewish comrades who had very similar standards with Daniel. He invited them into the situation. Hey, guys, um, we need to have a quick Hebrew meeting. And, and we need to talk about this, and, and I need you praying because I just had an appointment with the king. You did what? You went to the king? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I went to the king, but I was calm. You know, I talked to the execution guy, and he didn't kill me. And then I said, I'm going to go to the king. So I went to the king, and I said, I'm going to interpret your dream. You're going to interpret his dream? Yes. I don't know how, but what was his dream? Well, I don't really know his dream, but I know God will show it to me. So I need you to pray. That's probably how the conversation went down. <laughs> it's crazy. But Daniel... Daniel did not do that on his own. Don't go solo. Invite people. Invite people. Whatever those people are. It could be a professional counselor. It could be a pastor. I know of a pastor. Might help you with that. It could be a small group leader. If you're not involved in a small group, be a great time. I depend on my small group. We have a small group. I talk to our small group. I, I'm not just always in the role of, of counselor. Uh, sometimes I'm in the role of needing feedback from them, needing prayers from, my own, from our, our small group. So don't go solo. So be calm, show no fear, and don't go solo when it comes to facing the turmoil in your life. Invite people in. So what does this look like kind of in, in a family situation? What does, this kind of, what does this kind of look like? So when, when, I, when I talk about interpreting the turmoil, rather than being faced with the turmoil right here, because when we're, when we're in turmoil, guys, we have it right in front of our face, and it's, and it's like 3D, IMAX screen. <laughs> and it's like the only thing we could think about, we can look at when turmoil happens in our life. Whatever turmoil you're talking about, financial, relationship, health, whatever. It's big screen, IMAX 3D, and it's coming at you. But let me tell you, you need to pull away, 
And instead of looking at that particular situation, you need to look at the bigger picture and to understand why the turmoil is there. That's so important. Why is this here? What's the bigger picture? What's hiding beneath all this? What's really happening? That's what Daniel did, and he showed us that. Give you an example. As most of you know, Susanna and I have, have six kids. We have one at, at college, Madison. We have five at home. And you know, during the summer, five kids at home, you know, gets a little crazy. And here lately, I'm just going to be frank with you, all right? Here lately, it just seems like, and I know I got kids in the room. They're good. They're going to hear this. Here lately, our kids have been driving us crazy. They have. I'm just going to be honest. And it's like, I mean, we love them. We love all of them. But just every once in a while, it's like, I don't really like that one right there. <laughs> I don't really like that one. We, we love them, though. And, and they drive us crazy, just all the antics they pull and the attitude and the, you know, discontentment and all this kind of stuff. And it just, it drains you. And I'll tell you what, it's happening more now, the last few weeks, this summer, than it's ever happened. And Suzanne and I were talking last night. It's like, there's something else going on. We feel like we're under spiritual attack. We feel like we're under a spiritual attack. We, be, we feel like, and that's how the devil works. He kind of manipulates people. Even he'll, he'll manipulate people who, who follow Jesus. He will. I mean, he, I mean you, you can't get into their soul because they're saved with the blood of Christ. But he can manipulate some thoughts, some actions, circumstances. And he's, he's working in the Bennett house. It's like, why is this happening? And so Susanna and I, it's like, are, are you okay with God? No, I'm okay with God. Are you okay with God? I, well, then, then what's happening here? And we realized last night, this is what's happening. When we step back and we stop looking at, you know, what this kid's doing, what this kid's not doing, all this stuff, and we get away, take our 3D glasses off and step back away from the picture. And we analyze the reason why the turmoil is happening, here's what we've come up with. The devil is at work. Now, I'm not saying it's not like super bad. It's just when you have five of them all at the same time, it's just, it's just a lot. So here's what's happening. The devil's working overtime because I believe and I know that God is about to do some amazing things within our church. Now, I'm not just throwing that out there just like as a positive thought. That's not how we work. God is doing some amazing things. And you know, during my sabbatical, there are actually some things that, that it all happened during, everything's set in motion during my sabbatical. And I was like, ah, I'm away and God, look what you're doing. God's like, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. When you step out of the way, look what I can do. 
I was like, oh, yeah. And so there's some things happening within our church that God set in motion over the past few weeks that are unbelievable. And so next week, we are going to share some huge, huge news. We're going to make a big announcement. And it's the biggest announcement that we've ever made in our short history of our church. It's big. And you don't want to miss it. We're going to take some time, and we're going to give you some information about this announcement, and we invite you all to come back next week to hear what God is doing. And I can't wait to tell you the story and the behind the scenes of what God has been working on. And it's so cool. And I know it. And I can't speak it. It's driving me crazy. But it's exciting. It really is. So you look at what's happening. And last night we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You could be having turmoil in your life, and it could be Satan working overtime because maybe God's about to have you do something great or, or you're in the middle of doing something great. I guarantee you, if you get asked to lead a small group or if you felt led to lead a small group, get ready for the turmoil. <laughs> That's just how it happens. When you're ready to, to do, uh, uh, you know, participate in a local outreach or, or do something and kind of step, step over the ledge a little bit and walk out on faith and do something for God, get ready for the turmoil because it's going to happen. And bless, praise be to Jesus for that turmoil. So what's the last thing that Daniel shows us? It, Daniel was 18 years old. And, and, and I'm not even going to read the dream and the interpretation. You can read that. I encourage you to read chapter 2, Daniel. So Daniel's been given this, the dream, what the king dreamed. And, and, and what he dreamt, and, and so Daniel gets a dream and he gets the interpretation. So he's 17, 18 years old, and God has given him the information that the most powerful man in the known world needs. Wow, what kind of power? What kind of power? I'd be like, oh yeah, look what I got. It's kind of like a, an 18-year-old going straight from high school to the NBA and getting a multi-million dollar contract. Oh yeah, look at me. Look what I can do. Look at all this money I got. Look at, look at this. But Daniel doesn't do that. Daniel doesn't do that. And I'll tell you that right now. If I, was, if I had what Daniel had back then, I would not have responded in this way when I was 17 or 18 years old. I would not have responded in this way. Daniel 27 to 28 says this. Daniel replied, and this is after this is uh, after he goes to the king. He goes up to the king and says, Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. Nobody can do that. All of your other wise men, and that's include me by chance, by, by the way, we can explain it to the king. But there is a God in heaven 
Let me tell you something. Those few words, you need to write that somewhere where you can see it in the middle of your turmoil. But there is a God in heaven. Let's say that together. But there is a God in heaven. One more time. But there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven who knows about your turmoil. And who, this God in heaven reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that have passed through your mind as you were lying in the bed are these. And he, he goes on to explain what the dream is and the interpretation of that dream. So what does Daniel do? He doesn't take any credit. He takes no credit. When God gives you the, the ability to go through a turmoil, when God gives you an answer, take no credit. Like, you know, when, when Susanna and I were talking about this, we realized, ah, oh, it was an aha moment. You know what we did right after that? We prayed. We prayed together. We said, God, let's give us wisdom in this. You know, give our kids some Jesus medicine or something. Just help us with this. Give us wisdom. But don't take credit. Give all the glory to God. Give all the glory to God for your situation. So we're, we're not even going to read about the dream. You know why? Because it's not about the dream but it's why it was given. It's not about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And, and, and Daniel knew that. He knew he had to get to the point of interpreting the dream, but it, it was much bigger than that. It was why the dream was given. And we're going to even see that more in chapter 3 and in chapter 4 of the next couple of weeks. But so how do we fit this in with you? So it's not about your turmoil and what caused them but rather about why this turmoil is in your life and what God wants to do through it. it. Why is this turmoil in your life and what does God want to do through it? That is how you interpret your turmoil. Why it is there. Don't, don't worry about what caused it. Like God work through that. But why is it there? Interpret the why, not the what happened. Interpret the why is it there. The what does God want you to do about it? And what does God want, God want to do through it? So when you have turmoil in your life, bring it to the Father. Say, God, you've allowed this to happen. And so I'm going to walk in conviction in a culture of compromise and I'm not going to react like the world. I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to remain calm. I'm not going to show fear. I'm not going to go solo and I'm not going to take credit because you are the one in charge. So what are you going to do through this turmoil? How are you going to show forth your glory, not my glory? That's how we live with conviction in a culture of compromise and how we interpret the turmoil in our life. Now, in just a second, 
we're gonna have an opportunity to just pray together. So I'm gonna say a prayer and this altar is open. I'm gonna walk down here and the band's gonna play. You're welcome to you know, stand and sing, but this altar is open. You don't have to come to me. I mean, this, you can just come to the altar. And if there's turmoil in your life or maybe turmoil in someone else's life, there's, a, there's some family members in my life that they're in turmoil right now. And I need, to, I need to step in for them. If there's turmoil in your family's life or in your life, come to the altar. Ask God for wisdom and ask God, Lord, what do you want to do with this turmoil to show forth your glory and your honor? And also, while we're standing and singing, if you have never accepted Christ as Savior, and if you want some Jesus in your life, you want to know the one who can bring peace in the midst of your turmoil, I'm up here. Let's pray. Let's talk about that.